0: Hi, my name's Ian Beaton. You're about to listen to everyday people from differing backgrounds, but with one thing in common, a story. A story of adversity, a story of inspiration, a story of laughter, sometimes a story of sadness, or simply a story to make you think. I believe everyone has a story, I also believe that story should be shared. Welcome to So Watch Your Story. Well, here we are, another week of So Watch Your Story. And in the studio today, I've got with me a very fascinating gentleman, Chris Broadbent. Um, Chris is the former managing director and chief operating officer of MediaCom North. His corporate career was, by his own confession, fast-paced, intense, and largely uh, one of um, burning the candle at both ends at, at times, Chris. I think you'd agree with that. Um, <laughs> he's nodding his head for those who, who, uh, who don't, haven't got this on video. Then uh, Chris is nodding his head and smiling. Um, you know, many senior executives in today's demanding workplace will accre- appreciate and resonate with Chris's story, but possibly not realizing that the go, go, go isn't Actually, sustainable. This was certainly the case for Chris, as five years ago he hit a metaphorically speaking wall and had a bit of a psychological and mental breakdown. Um, this led led Chris to 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 uh, sort of relinquish his position in the business. Um, however, nowadays, um, Chris is the director of Natural which is a fantastic company uh, for many, many reasons. Um, but I'm sure Chris will tell you all of those reasons as we discuss together. Uh, but it provides essentially natural natural raw ingredient dog food. And um, I think it's fair to, to say, Chris, um, and, and I will speak about this as well, you've really found your passion, haven't you?
1: Uh, thank you, and Yes, I, I have, uh, eventually. <laughs> it took uh, quite, a, <laughs> quite a while. Um, but yeah, that's <laughs> the theme of my story, really, is um, finding, you know, your true passion and, and your direction. And you could be rowing in the wrong direction, potentially, for a very long time. Um, yeah. It's only in the last five years that I perhaps have found, you know, my my, my true sort of uh, purpose
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think, you know, that's, that's sort of part of it, isn't it? Because, you know, you're, you're, you're clearly loving life again uh, for many reasons, but, but during that that time of, of hitting that, that, as I say, that metaphorical wall, it sort of helped you to become more aware and, and learn some lessons. And, and this has led you to being on a, a bit of a, almost a personal mission, dare I say, to, to, to sort of, um talk to senior executives in the, in the in the uh, corporate world uh, or, or make them rethink and and recently you've done a, a substack uh, post how did i get 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 here and it's had a lot of response a lot of traction you know people resonating with your story um and you've also uh wrote a book which will be published um at some point um you can do anything which again is a very very powerful uh, uh title chris so where do we start chris come on you know i mean you know you you're 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 what age now are, are, can we share that you know uh, because what, what age are you now chris
1: So I'm 60. um, I'm approaching 61 in a few weeks. And uh, I think, you know, age is is a factor. You can't pretend it's not. Um, I don't want to just appeal to men of 60, you know, of of, of this sort of age group. Um, And that's partly why I've sort of started uh in the last couple of years really generating a lot of material and writing around this theme of you can do anything because you don't need to wait until you are a certain age to realize that firstly and i think um something i had in back in the corporate world which uh was a disaster and it's good to acknowledge your uh, uh, disasters in life, I've found, uh, but very much uh, when I was 55, five years ago, uh, I, I, I coined the phrase Project 55, which I uh, envisaged to be a, a perfectly choreographed spreadsheet of my sort of timely exit from the business after 30 years of of, of raising myself up the greasy pole uh, and I thought it would be a lovely orchestrated uh, manoeuvre to exit stage left with a, a nice party and a cake and a well done Chris and a pat on the back but that degenerated into 30 minutes in the doctor's surgery crying my eyes out uh, one day when I just couldn't go to work that day and that you know was the moment basically uh, and that's really my motivation here is to um, talk about that and and help people avoid that moment because that moment was thirty years in <laughs> in the making almost. Uh, oh. So that's I'm sorry, a bit of a stark start to the uh, to the talk. But you know that that is the whole reason really to the fi- the last five years fantastic in terms of finding that new purpose. And it wasn't just about work, as you say. I wouldn't at all blame it on my my old employers. Uh, it's more about finding that purpose in yourself uh, and it isn't just finding it in the workplace, uh, which is important, I think, an issue for so many men who, you know, struggle with mental health.
0: No, it's it's an interesting topic, isn't it? And, you know, thank goodness that more and more men now are... are are realizing that to carry this uh, emotional baggage around with us, so to speak, um, and, and, and let our egos get in the way of, of not communicating effectively of how we're feeling is becoming more um, open and more awareness of this. And, and it's so good to have you in the studio, Chris, to share your experience, because, you know, as I said in my bio there, you know, you were in a very fast-paced um, sector, and and I know we don't want to to to, to talk, you know, uh, granularly at, at that level. But give us give us an overview, Chris, of you know the thirty years as you said, to, to coin your phrase, climbing the greasy pole. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was it was a sector which. You know, you you had a, you held a responsible role. Uh, you you were working I- intensely, and and not just not just in 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 the office hours, but also outside of that as well, with, with with lots of things going on in the peripherals. You know, was there was there sort of like, and I know afterwards it's always easy to reflect, isn't it? But during those times when you were that, that took you to that doctor's surgery, to having that conversation, to to having that 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 sort of moment um was there anything prior to that that you were noticing was starting to happen to you
1: yeah i think you do notice there are certain physical things uh and emotional things but you also it it creeps up on you like a fog and you you block them out because you're a man Mm. uh, firstly and you can't express failure or the shame of potential failure Uh, so as you become, uh, as your work becomes more consuming, uh, Yeah, my one of my analysts said to me, the issue is that you've only got one, think of yourself as a flower, and you've only got one petal on your flower, and it's just a massive one that's all about work. And you just, it's consumed you, basically. Uh, And that's partly because you've let it, because you've not acknowledged the situation that you're in. And I think it, you know, it takes a bit of bravery to actually put your hand up and acknowledge the situation. Uh, And that is avoidable certainly b- before the stage I got to uh, by actually there's a number of things you can do to help yourself uh, and a number of things that other people can do to help you as well but you do sort of get to that moment of when the penny drops and you think how did I get here uh, and there isn't something in really that you could say well that is because of XYZ event uh, it, it layers up over, over months and years often uh, and and if it's not talked about or or tackled then it just becomes a cumulative issue which results in an event and you know it needs an event to bring it to a conclusion and i was very lucky in that i um put my hand up and went to the doctors and that was the start then of a different path and obviously for some people uh it's not it's not that easy and there's a, a much worse outcome which you know, it, it, thankfully, it's not somewhere I got to at all. Um, but you know, nobody deserves to be unhappy in this world. Is my view now. Uh, so I want to spend time and and do everything I can to help people who f- feel unhappy when they get up in the morning and don't want to go to work or don't want to go and do anything. Uh, because you know, as I've as I've said, you, you can do anything, and it's actually the self realization of firstly is the first step. Uh, and of course, you know, the sector I was in, going back to the question, uh, was a fantastic sector, you know, there was so many years of fantastic fun, starting off as a graduate trainee, back in the mid 80s, it was like an episode of Mad Men, uh, you know, and, and uh, lots of great colleagues, and, and most of that time was amazing, and have so many memories and great colleagues from the past. Um, but as as you do become more senior, you know, I ended up being responsible for about 400 people uh, in different offices across the UK, a lot of travel. Uh, It takes its toll on your family life, uh, on your relationships. Uh, And, you know, in truth, you're probably not even doing a very good job anyway because you're, um, you know, you're on a slippery slope, basically. Uh, And if, if you're not fully happy i think in any role then you know you're not getting the best out of yourself and the business probably isn't getting the best out of you either
0: mm, and i think it sort of starts to compound itself doesn't it like you say you know you you, you as as individuals uh, professionals we often put an enormous amount of pressure on ourselves you know it doesn't necessarily have to be from the business or or, 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 or our peers around us we, 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 if we feel that we're slipping, um, then we put that pressure upon ourselves. Does that make sense, Chris?
1: Yeah, very much so. And that's, you know, when the first thing is realisation and actually understanding how you can help yourself before you get to that point uh, of, of inflection. And I think, you know, it's simple things like looking after yourself, uh, getting some sleep, Uh, actually thinking about yourself as opposed to constantly trying to please others. That is where a lot of men do fall down because they um, don't do that. You know, I personally, am probably about two and a half stone lighter now than I was five years ago. Uh, I'm certainly fitter. I have a much better routine and outlook on life. And it's because I've, you know, had a, a hard word with myself after, after the crash and actually reflecting uh, I first of all realised that I wasn't doing what was best for me I was trying to do what was best for everyone else and if you're at the mm. back of the queue not looking after yourself then you're not doing yourself any favours so I, I know mm. that there's a lot more emphasis on mental health in the workplace now everywhere uh, but it's still not enough because I think some of it is smoke and mirrors uh, and you know there's a big difference between saying you're doing things and actually doing them uh, and there's a some of the people I used to work with are getting behind an initiative at the moment, which is quite interesting, called I'm Not OK, uh, which is specifically for the advertising sector. Uh, and I've certainly volunteered to be uh, one of the coordinators on that, because I think that's the sort of thing where people with experience who've experienced trauma can help other people who, you know, perhaps haven't put their hand up uh, and and do need to realise that it is OK not to be OK, to use the heavily coined
0: phrase i agree with you really obviously there was this this moment when you're in the gp surgery and and, and sort of uh, i'd like you to share uh, uh what happened immediately after that but but can on can i just come upstream a little bit and just ask you you know what we what were what were your you know, looking back now, and I know as we've said, when we're in the moment, it's very difficult to 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 see beyond the fog, as it's often referred to. Because, and I think that's a great way. You know, the brain fog. The, 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 the you know because we're not sleeping properly. We've got, we've got anxiety problems, maybe, and and things just aren't aren't quite tickety boo. Um, what was the what was your personal? Were there things that you can recall now looking back in the rearview mirror, um, signs for you?
1: Uh, I think a feeling of dread, you know, is the overriding issue when you don't feel you can look at your phone or your computer. You're worried about what's going to come up uh, and just, I mean, general anxiety disorder. It uh, comes in many, you know, many shows itself in many ways. But if you get to the point where you were quite literally a gibbering wreck, um, then that obviously is not a good place to be and is no. totally totally avoidable. Uh, but, you know, for my poor wife and family, uh, you know, I would come home, uh, I'd be grumpy. I would be probably drinking too much. I would be not sleeping. I would be constantly looking at screens Uh, I would be no fun to be with, uh, as opposed to Chris used to be good fun. Uh, And you're totally defined by, oh, yeah, that that miserable person over there who's got a very important job, but, yeah, he's not a very nice person now. And he's not the person he used to be. Uh, The problem is you can't see that yourself because you're too busy running around trying to please everybody Uh, because, of course, you don't want to be uh, seen as that. Uh, So, actually, you know, the first step is that, the penny drops, and you think, "Well, yeah, what well, what was I thinking? You know, how how did I get to this situation?" And just just taking a look at yourself and your people around you who you care for, and thinking about, um, you know, can I do this better? Basically, uh, but I, I only got to that point after I literally, you know, t- t- to get to that morning in March, twenty eighteen. Uh, just couldn't get out of bed and thought what am I going to do I just can't face this Uh, my wife said well why don't you phone the doctors and see if you can get an appointment quite bizarrely they had just had a cancellation so within 20 minutes I uh, got in the car and just drove down there and saw a doctor I'd never even met before and uh, (laughs) that's where it happened
0: yeah and how how did it feel with the GP were were you in a mindset of still this you know well i'm i'm, I'm chris broadbent I'm, I'm 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 a senior exec you know this can't be happening to me or or did you or did you as as men tell the phrase uh, the men's mental health charity did you leave your your ego and 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 take your mask off and just pour it all out to the gp
1: yeah i did i had to i mean I, there was no point going down there and then telling him <laughs> there was no problem i i i finally realized to myself there was a big problem basically and you know it's the best thing i've ever done uh so he was a lovely guy I'd not met him before went in sat down you know expecting to say well i've got a bad knee or whatever and i just basically cried my eyes out and said oh my life's just fallen apart No. I don't know whether that's a mental breakdown or, you know, I've written a lot about that. What what actually is breakdown? What does it mean? You know, they don't like Mm. to use that phrase at all. Understandably, because it's quite a hostile phrase. But, you know, it's basically a fork in the road, isn't it? It's an event. It's a, it's you're putting your hand up to say, I can't do this anymore, basically. And that's the point that men struggle to get to. and you know it was no fun at the time but looking back it was the best moment ever you know I the doctor became a, a friend uh you know so he he basically uh said look you know just tell me what's going on and I just said I can't face it anymore I've you know I've, I'm totally up to here uh you know he, d- he didn't know anything about my job or anything or care anything about it you know but what what he said was well he didn't like the way that the society and work and all sorts of things were making people like me turn into <laughs> into this situation. And he said, you know, there is hope. People can help you. It's not all over at all. Uh, you, you just you just need to stop, basically mm. stop everything and um, cut off you know all communication uh, and just go home and just look after yourself for a few days and then come back um and he didn't tell me any more than that really it was just someone giving me the validation to say yeah actually that's a good idea i can i can do that actually uh so i uh, i followed his advice i went home uh he he gave me a sick note for a week uh i think it wasn't even a week actually so i think it was maybe 3 days and he said well um send this to your boss and then turn your phone off so i did that and then i never turned my phone back on again <laughs> uh wow. Wow. I went back to see him after a week and he um he gave me a sick note for a month and he said I didn't want to give you one for a month to start with because I thought that would obviously worry you because you were so unstable. But you're clearly not going anywhere for a while. Uh so that made me feel I thought, great, you know, this is this isn't just a couple of days. It's actually there's a long-term program here to get Better. And then he helped me point me toward, well, I had to go see him every week uh, to check in, and then a number of other interventions uh, and working with other people. But, you know, the, effectively from that moment, I was on a different trajectory, uh, which is something I would never have imagined possible, you know, in the days and months before, because I was just in that fog. And I suspect, you know, you don't have to be in a senior position and be, you know, 55 to be in that fog. Uh, no. there's been a lot of young people in that fog, uh, you know, a lot of women as well. It's not just the preserve of you know, so I think I want to tell that story to try and help people realize that the very first most important point is to put your hand up uh, and actually, when the penny drops, that you need some help because if if until you get to that moment, you know it's no fun, basically. but I can honestly say from that moment on. I've, well, I've called it Chris Broadbent 2.0 uh, because I'm a different person, basically, uh, yeah, and I'm so yeah. full of life and back to the way I used to be. Uh, it's good.
0: Help us with with sort of what you're now seeing in, in 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 starting to tell this story more through your through your blogs, through your uh, you know professional network, through obviously you've, you've now penned this down into into the form of a book are you finding that people are contacting you and saying you know chris thank you so much because i, I i'm in a shit place and I, and I just don't know what to do um, are you finding that, that your story is 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 being um uh, sort of is 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 resonating with a lot of people
1: yeah and i you know i'm not i'm not doing it to try and be an author or you know be famous i just i mean nobody, nobody knows who i am uh, and I'm not a writer at all, so it, I, I, what I'm finding is actually getting the story out there is the most important thing. You know, it yes. is a real story, it, but, which is a great. Thank you for this opportunity because it is. Everyone has a story, don't they? As you as you know, yeah, they do. <laughs> That's why it's called everybody. so. Watch your story. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and, it's, and it's fantastic. Uh, it really is. So, it, it, you know, my story of you can do anything. Uh, it's something that well, the actual you know, the events to follow on from the doctor's surgery, that was five years ago, I, I was literally off the radar for a year, nobody in the old world knew, I didn't, apart from a couple of close friends, really speak to anyone in my old world, but given that I'd been in that industry for 30 odd years, you know, that was a bit strange that I disappeared, but I just needed to totally get my head straight, and I, um so I, I sort of took most of that year off, Uh and then I started doing something else, but it was only in March 19, after a year had gone by, that I did a LinkedIn post. Um, to, and I popped up to say it because it was the anniversary of a year, basically, from the crash. And I thought I owed it to myself and I was ready to talk about it. So I did that and I did a little four-part uh, post on LinkedIn, which I've recently re put on Substack. Um, and looking back on those now, you know, they were they were sort of – just telling the story um and i got some amazing feedback from people who obviously hadn't heard from me for years uh who wondered where i'd gone who i used to work with um so yeah it is it is nice and obviously people who care and know you you know, at the time it happened, I got so many lovely things sent to me, uh, messages and cards and things. Um, but I didn't get back in touch with those people for quite a long time till I was ready, really, on my terms. Because that, that would have been the old, the old me to just straight away, oh, yes, I'm okay. You know, well, you're not okay, basically. So uh, take some time to acknowledge that you're not okay. Uh, so mm-hmm. it did take a while and it's not you know and I'm still on the journey I can't pretend everything's perfect because it it isn't for anybody I think that's part of it mm-hmm. is accepting that it is a journey um, but from that you know a year, a year had passed I started to tell the story uh, I then developed that and have been writing quite a lot about mental health and as you say I've then developed that into about 40,000 page uh, word <laughs> uh, booklet which I'm hoping to publish this year um, and I, I just think you know the motivation of the feedback is to help other people who, well, I, I've said in you know in my book, it's I've had a mental breakdown, so you don't have to have one basically because I thought, yeah. I, I've had it for you. Um, because there are you know, whatever a breakdown is, it's avoidable. That's the first thing uh, if you actually acknowledge the situation yourself. So uh, it is it's my story. You know, there's lots of mental health. Uh, help books out there and lots of facts and figures and lots of theoretical books. But I think anyone telling a real life story versus theory, you know, is so important. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. it's my own story. So mm. I think what, you know, that can help other people basically. And, and sharing that obviously helps me as well, because it helps me get it out of my head. And, you know, I wouldn't have been able to talk about it four or five years ago, uh, whereas now I can freely talk about it, uh, so that's yeah. going to be good. But also, yeah. it just helps other people.
0: No, yes, I mean, and that's so important. And you're, and you're, you're so, you know, on point there, Chris. You know, I think there's lots of theory and, and, and publications that you can look at and stuff you can look at online. But to hear it from somebody who's been there, who's got the T-shirt, excuse the pun, but you know, it's like it, it's so, it's so important. Can you help me and the listeners here, Chris? Because you said there you checked out, okay, and you really checked out for a long time. Was there points in that checkout period, and, and, uh, you know, you said it was a year, how were you processing that time? Because I would have imagined that there must have been a part of your mindset that's thinking, should I be contacting people? Is this okay? Uh, or, or were you just putting yourself really sort of right at the forefront of what you were going for, and you realised that 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 importance to to just forget about everything else? And also secondary to that question, uh, Chris, is your family around you? How were how were they with this situation? Because there will be people listening to this thinking, you know. Okay, Chris, fair enough. You you checked out for a year, but I can't do that. I've I've got I've got like, you know, dependents, I've got a massive mortgage, I've got debts. Um, I, I need to work. Um my, my wife nags me if I don't work. Um, you know, what what's what was what was going on? Can you can you can you help put a bit of colour around that?
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, yeah, I did check out completely, and I think that's because that's what the doctor told me, you know, his his piece of advice on that first day was take one day at a time and that's probably what any mental health professional qualified person would say because it is about getting to the next day basically and so yeah. you know instead of all of a sudden thinking about the um the quarter's financial results or the year's bonus or the whatever forget all that shit it's actually what am i going to be still here tomorrow you know you, you get down to the basic fight or flight human um you know, the, the attribute of are you going to be here basically? And the answer is you're not going to be here if you carry on like this. So yeah. he did say, take one day at a time. So, I, you know, I came back from the doctors uh, and I thought, right, that's it. I'm, I am literally cutting myself off. That's what he's told me to do. Uh, now, there was a couple of things that my wife was absolutely brilliant and obviously still is. And, and you need people around you to help you. Obviously, what I went through, it's not easy at all if you are on your own. Um, but I would say there are always people who can help. So that's why just putting your hand up or reaching out or phoning an organisation or getting some help has got to be the first step rather than Mm. something Mm. more bleak because Mm. once you get past that first day, every other day is going to be better, basically.
0: Can I just share something in there as well? You know, guys, girls, young people, old people, whatever, you're listening to this, uh, cultural backgrounds, whatever... If you recognise one of your friends or work colleagues is not quite themselves, please don't say to them, just pull yourself together. It's the worst thing that anybody suffering can hear. What I would suggest to you is that you softly and in a very, very empathetic way. And if you're not able to take on somebody's uh, 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 emotional uh, turmoil, then, 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 you know, maybe that's okay as well and you don't go there. But if you can and you are a sincere friend or a loved one, I feel that perhaps a better way to do it is to literally pull up a chair and that can be an imaginary chair, a real chair, and just allow the other person to speak. Listen, have empathy, but no judgment. Do, do, does that make sense with you as well, Chris?
1: Very much so. Yeah, I mean, just looking back at my notes from you know around that time, uh, it is all about acknowledging and listening uh, and being a good active listener to help people. You can't solve their problems, but just sharing—you know—obviously, sharing is caring, uh, and nobody is alone. There is always someone who will listen, uh, and that is that is so important. So. You know, if you can get past that point, uh, past the first evening, day, whatever it is, you know, I, there were a number of things that I did that just helped, which was obviously taking time to think and look after myself with, with the help from my family. Uh, starting a journal, actually writing things down, acknowledging yeah. how, you're, how you're feeling and not being afraid to, you know, to share those thoughts uh is, mm-hmm. a, is a great thing to start with so there's a whole host of things you can do to help yourself but you've got to just take it one day at a time so i did cut myself off from all that stuff uh i just had a close very close circle of people who were helping me which was probably my wife the doctor you know they didn't even mm-hmm. tell the kids really for a week you know oh what's happened mm-hmm. to dad in this very big job and everything? oh he's totally crashed out he sat in the garden he hasn't moved for a week you know it, it's not <laughs> it's not in the script is it but uh no, looking back isn't. looking back it's you know i remember just sitting in the garden listening to aeroplanes you know doing absolutely nothing uh mm. and and mm. you know it just take me back just thinking about it now uh but yeah. it was the best yeah. you know fantastic few days and i know people have got jobs and and you know the pressure and needing to do things but you know that is the problem you need, need to acknowledge with yourself the situation yeah
0: it's 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 definitely the acknowledgement. And, and, you know, this might sound cheesy. I don't, I don't really care. But, you know, with, without our health, we are nothing. We are nothing without our health, whether that be physical, mental, combination of the two. So you could say, oh, but I can't do that. I can't afford to do that. It's like, you know, it's too much. I, I've got to carry on. Trust me, and Chris, Chris, will, Chris will definitely, you know, uh, uh, sort of... Uh, agree with me on this one. If you get to the point of hitting that metaphorical wall and breaking down, you're in in the shit. So it's much better to to acknowledge things upstream, put in preventative measures. But if you are at that pivotal point where you cannot take any more, stop pushing yourself. Stop it. Because things could potentially get really, really grim for you. And People listening to this who are like, oh, but, you know, yeah, it's okay uh, for Chris to say that. He'd got his wife, he'd got his, you know, people around him to support him, he'd got a great GP. There's some, perhaps some some men, some women listening to this who are on their own. You're not on your own. You're not on your own. There are organisations out there which are fantastic supports for mental health. For men, there's Mentel there's Andes, uh, there's, there's the Samaritans. Um, for women... There's lots and lots of supportive networks out there, so please, you know, please don't don't sit in sit in the corner and think, well, well, I haven't got anyone. If you really are on your own, then reach out to some organisations, professional organisations that will help you. They will, again, they will listen to you. They won't judge you. Nobody's going to judge you. Um, it, 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 and, and 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 very important thing to say: it's not your fault. Okay, Um, it it really isn't your fault. These things happen to a lot of people, myself included. Okay, I had a nervous breakdown in my younger years. Um, So I can empathise and that's why I speak so passionately about this as well. And that's why it's so wonderful to have Chris in the studio with me also sharing his story. Sharing really is caring. But I can't say enough. You're not on your own. Nobody's going to judge you. Good people around you will not judge you. They will just listen. And, and, um, and, and maybe share some insights that, that perhaps they've personally experienced as well. Sorry, got on my soapbox a little bit there, Chris, but um, I thought that was important to say. Um, so, so after this, after this um, sort of reset for you, um, things really did move in a different direction, didn't they? And, and I want to talk to you about um, finding your passion because... You have found your passion, right, Chris? And, and again, for those listeners who, who aren't watching this uh, video content, Chris is beaming with a smile now. He's like, he's like, he's like a Cheshire cat um, and, uh, or, 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 or a Yorkshire cat, right? So, but um, um, uh, Chris, let's talk about finding your passion because it is really important, isn't it, for, for people to find their passion? And you have. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I think... Um... I mean, I you know, I would have said my passion was advertising for 30-odd years as well, so I, I, I'm not saying that... Well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: I'm not, I'm not tossing uh, that aside.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no, but obviously uh, I think what has become clear to me in the last few years, and I obviously I have the luxury of being uh, older and with the experience that I've had, that uh, having sort of crashed out of something that I d- did relatively well at and was my, all I knew... Um, I've realized now that, hence that you can do anything, that it's very easy to use those transferable skills uh, in a different sector, that's the first thing. So six years ago, in fact, it was six years ago this week, we actually got our first dog, which I know is a a very uh, passionate uh, part of your life also. It Um,
0: certainly is, yeah. Yeah,
1: and I I obviously should have got a dog earlier because I could have perhaps avoided some of the ups and downs. Um, (laughs) Dogs are very good for your mental health, uh, as anyone who's got one will know. And if you have got the capability to look after one properly, um, then they are great to, to have. But uh, getting a working cocker spaniel uh, six years ago, while I was still in the corporate world, probably wasn't one of our smartest moves, a bit like a number of people who've got dogs in lockdown and not realised how important it is to look after them properly. Uh, But at the time, my wife, you know, was I sort of we didn't know much about dogs. And it was a bit like not being able to drive and then going out and buying a Ferrari uh, because a working cocker spaniel is high maintenance uh, and needs lots of (laughs) exercise. Um, And I was away a lot. So he he came along uh, just before the crash, really. But in hindsight, it was a great metaphor for what was to happen, because that year really resulted in me and the dog sitting in the garden a lot. Uh, And the dog led me to a new life uh, almost once I'd exited the old world and spent the summer and autumn of that year having a lot of help and uh, being in various therapies and groups and CBT and all sorts of stuff. Uh, by the time I emerged, I thought, well, I do need to do something else because at 55, I'm certainly not ready for the scrap heap. Uh, I, 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 you know, I want to repurpose for myself. And, and the dog was really important. Um, and I saw an advert, and I had literally never applied for a job in 30-odd years. Uh, I think it was in the Yorkshire Post for a part-time team member at a small raw dog food, well, it just said small family Pet food business. So I um, made contact with them and went to see them. Uh, and it was lit, they must have thought, who is this? Um, because I literally <laughs> uh, applied for a job to drive the van two days basically uh, as something yeah. to do. Uh, yeah, so it was the opposite in so many ways of everything I've ever done. Uh, and I basically found myself driving the van, delivering dog food to various stockists, for a small business which at the time had four, I think, four or five employees, uh, wow. which was, uh, yeah. And that's that was the start of something completely different, which you know I would not have known. I've w- never have been in that situation, obviously. And there are so many good sides to the crash, because it, you know, having been there, it then facilitates you actually taking whatever direction you want that you think this is going to be what's best for me you know not necessarily financially uh I think about seven pounds an hour driving the van was a bit of a come down from my old job uh yeah. but you know in terms of mentally it was I was as happy as Larry uh yeah. and um, I just started driving the van a couple of days a week and I, and I loved it um, and and you know, then snowballed into, as Ron Burgundy says, that that escalated quickly. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> I found myself uh, in a much different position five years on. But, you know, the way it started was um, serendip- serendipitous. Is that the word? Uh, yeah, so I'm quite pleased with that uh, little, little segue into a different sector. And, and I do feel, you know, obviously it's a bit silly to say the dog led me there, but... I do believe, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason. Uh, and when I exited the old world, the, the only thing I did know was that I couldn't go back into that, you know, by the full, the organization I worked for or any other. I just didn't want to be in that sector yeah. with those, you know, the, those sort of values. And I wanted to do something that was for me. Uh, mm-hmm. And in hindsight, it was probably, you know, the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, because mm-hmm. I ended up, being able to use my experience and skills to help other people grow a business, which I now partly own, um, but it's just such fun. And actually, being able to use your skills to actually give yourself self-belief, to realise that you're not the failure that you thought you were when you crashed out of the old world, because you've actually uh, and made your asset to some other people who value you. You know, over here, who don't know who you are. And then when they find out what you can do, you can help them, and and actually together you can do anything. So, you know, we've grown now an award-winning, amazing business, which is you know we're, we're so proud of, uh, and mm-hmm. and we collectively own it, and we you know we are in control of our destiny in a in a yeah. three billion pound pet food sector. Uh, we are the envy of so many other people because of of what we've done. And I think, well, yeah, we've done that. We've done it for ourselves, basically. And we've we've done it for our dogs because the whole purpose is that dogs deserve better, as you know, uh, and they should be looked after. uh, And they should be, you know, we talk about... um, Uh, feeding dogs what they were designed to eat Uh, and unfortunately most of the sector isn't actually what they were designed to eat it's they're being fed what makes people the most money Uh, so you know i I can rant on about dog food now forever but the point is five years ago i knew nothing about dog food and i'm no expert now but i do know a bit about business and actually Mm -hmm. being able to make a change in a in a sector you know I, i have found my purpose um and I've got to be careful that it doesn't consume me <laughs> in a way that my old world did because I, I want to help other people grow a business, not actually run the business myself. Um, mm. So there is still a balance to be had
0: it it's it's a fascinating pivot isn't it because you know it's it, well it wasn't really a pivot because it was, it was sort of sort of something as you say you, you bore out of driving the van and and then and then sort of you know look where it's led to now and i've got to ask you by the way what's your dog's name chris
1: uh so we've got two working caucus spaniels they are the first one is called uve which you pronounce as in duve which is spelled o okay. v e with the two dots over the o and that's actually named after there's a film called a man called uve which originally was a swedish film which is quite depressing actually um my wife had seen the film when we were getting the dog and thought she liked the name so we called him uve to give him a bit of a scandinavian um wang then I saw the film after we got him and wished we hadn't because it's quite, <laughs> it's quite depressing <laughs> uh, it's actually just recently been remade I think Tom with a Tom Hanks character I think playing the character with it in a more lightened version um and then we got a second dog uh two years later and we call him Malmo as in the uh, city because we wanted to keep the uh, Scandinavian uh, uh theme uh, I thought my I wanted to name all of our dogs after IKEA um, items in the IKEA catalogue. At one point, uh, Malmo is named after a coffee table. Uh, so yeah, they've got funny, they've got funny names, but yes, they do. Uh, they are great. They're four and six, and uh, they are a big part of our lives.
0: Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. I mean, do- dogs. Uh, we've spoke about this off air, and I know you, mm-hmm. you've you know my my dog Duke, uh, the the two year old Weimaraner, the the crowd pleaser, as, as a lot of people refer to him, because he's, he's stunningly handsome and a great boy. But when you were online with me uh, last time, Chris, before we came into the studio and just had a bit of a Zoom call together, Duke made an appearance, as he often does. He hasn't today. Uh, but um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because, it, and again, I want to make this very, very clear to listeners. Dogs are a big responsibility. So don't do what a lot of people did in in lockdown. Oh, you know, I'm a bit lonely. I'll get a dog, you know, and and then they realize that a dog doesn't pick its own poo up. Um, A dog does need exercising. A dog does need good nutrition. Um, A dog has medical you know uh uh, needs occasionally so you're going to have to insure your dog and pay and there is a financial commitment there's a time commitment there's a responsibility but if you nail all of those things and you spend time with your your pets um uh, they are so rewarding back to you so rewarding um chris let's talk about the company then um it's called natural right
1: yes yeah natural, n a t u r a w it's some people pronounce it nature or it doesn't matter either way but yeah it's uh i mean the two key components of that obviously na- nature natural and raw uh it, that's exactly what it what it says on the tin basically it was started uh by Jess Warnican uh Tom and her partner Tom they're both quite a bit younger than me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, like a lot of people in the, in the pet food space, it was started, the business was revolved around their own pets. They have, oh, they did have Louie. He's not with us anymore, but he was a beloved uh, Rhodesian Ridgeback. Uh, I think he lived to the age of 14. Um, and they have Ada and they now have another Ridgeback uh, who has, has come along as well. So they, they, had pets and were not satisfied with foods that were available, or their pets had health conditions. Mm. Uh, and they found that switching to a raw diet was good for the pets' health. Basically, now yeah. I'm no no expert. I'm not here to preach about trying to convert people to our uh, food either. But yeah, there is definitely in the pet space a switch to healthier food as people realize yeah. it's called the yeah. humanization of, of pets you know people like themselves realize that eating healthier diets is obviously good for you and has many benefits so what's happening is a number of uh, less well certainly highly processed less healthy we would say foods are being um are losing out as this growing uh, membership of of people switch to uh, whether they're subscription based or whether they're buying them from shops occasional uh, purchases but people are switching to um raw or or partly cooked or you know uh, diets which basically you can see the whole foods that go into them uh, that mm. don't include lots of processing uh, and mm. cooking and all sorts of processes mm. Uh, and you know, it is what dogs were designed to eat, basically, because you know, it's it's called the whole prey um, model, where you basically have a mix of meat and bone and offal. Uh, you know, dogs have, are carnivores and have evolved over time, and it's only humans that really have started feeding them all sorts of weird and wonderful things uh, yeah. in recent yeah. times. So. So it's interesting, and I've I've learned a lot. Um, The business has grown. As I say, it was four people when I joined. We've got twenty two staff now. Um, You know, we were basically a cottage industry to start with. We had I think eight stockists and a few. Maybe a couple of thousand uh, customers. We've now got sort of fifteen, 20,000 customers across the UK. Uh, we've got 300 stockists. Um, we are making you know tons of food every day, every week, uh, thousands uh, of tubs of food going out. Uh, and it's because that you know we've grown really organically because there's a demand for this you know and there are mm. other companies as well. Uh, we're mm. only a very small part of the market you know the, mm. the dog food market is huge and there's a number of raw brands which are all doing very well, which is great because there's a big education job to be done uh, which mm. I find fascinating um, yeah. and most of it is you know, you don't actually carry on feeding your dog something that the dog won't eat because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh we you will know your dogs will have a certain fussy diet. And, you know, we never try and convert people, but I've never seen a dog not like our food, which I always think is the best advert, really. Uh we we don't <laughs> need to entice people in with the price. Uh it's the dog the dog is the end consumer. Uh, yeah. and they absolutely love it.
0: And I think and I think it's really important because you know, it's often an oversight with, with a lot of dog owners, whether that be just, you know, lack of experience or insights or whether it be, you know, an element of, well, you know, this is, what, this is what we've always given our other dogs. Well, you know, think about it for a second here because you are right, Chris, you know, as, 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 uh, uh, as um, men and women and children, we're, we're becoming more conscious about what we're putting into our bodies. I would say this. My dog eats very, very healthy food, okay? Uh, he has a strict diet, um, but that's because of his breed. Is also, you have to be aware of certain things with Weimaraners, etc. But And I'm not here to start to, and I will not name companies, but my advice to dog owners is this. Look on the back of the ingredients that you're feeding your dog. Look at certain content within that ingredient. Look at its meat proportion, its protein proportions, for example. And if you're giving your dog a lot of treats, think about it like this. If you have children, would you allow your children to gouge on treats all day long? You wouldn't. You just wouldn't. And if your dog's getting slightly overweight and it's getting inherent health problems, think about what you're giving your dog because the two are very, very related. And some of the larger brands out there, again, I'm not going to mention them, um, just have a look on some of the treat compounds that you're giving your dogs. It isn't great. And Chris and I are not here to, to, to start to go down a rabbit hole of, you know, oh, well, I wouldn't use this, I will not give that, I want not Just you as pet owners, you just think about it and just, you know, your dog is, is in its DNA when we go back in time and dogs were not given what we give them now. There was no such thing as really treats for them. A lot of dogs were given scraps and bone and meat
1: yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, things have evolved quite, you know, it's a multi-billion pound business globally. Uh, you know, there's 12 million dogs in the UK. Uh, and, you know, I should just think if you do the stats as to how much is spent uh, on average per dog, and obviously it's, it's as you say, it's very much a considered thing to have a pet and to look after it properly. Uh, and it's not cheap also to do it properly. Uh, so yeah, there's an awful lot of considerations around it. And, you know, coming back to my story, I, I didn't know anything about pet food or dog food or raw feeding or dogs (laughs) five years ago. So I just by chance have come across people with real values who, you know, I am totally aligned with because I wouldn't be doing this in any company. Uh, I just feel you know privileged to be able to help a business that firstly it's a b corp so it means that it's not just doing things to make money for the shareholders it's for the community it's for the staff and it's has environmental responsibilities uh and we've just won the king's award for uh sustainability as well for environmental um work and Mm. that that you know it's because we're plastic free there's no other companies really in our sector that are there's a lot of greenwashing and noise about it but actually to do the right thing and you know not we could have grown a lot quicker we could be selling a lot more food but I think because you do things right uh then it's a great it's a great place to be so you know we are hopefully you buy any getting ingredients obviously from the uk we've got high provenance Top and Jess actually are vegetarians bizarrely they started the business wow. you know uh, wow. a raw meat business um and vegetarians often you know obviously take what they eat very seriously and uh feel, you know, that, that that's why they, they feel this is obviously species appropriate for dogs. So I've learned a lot, certainly, and there's a lot more to learn. I don't, I've got other people at work who can answer the trick questions about nutrition and all sorts of stuff, which yeah, I wouldn't dare yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. comment
1: on, you know, but I do yeah. know generally we're doing the right thing by our pets obviously is important um, and that's what attracted me and why I've really enjoyed helping the business grow. Uh, and There's lots more growth to be had uh it's a massive sector um but we don't want to lose sight of why we're doing it basically and you know the end user is is the dog and it is about doing the right thing which i think is important because in business you know going back to my old world why why was i doing it what was my why you know and i couldn't honestly tell you what it was apart from making lots of money for whoever owned you know the business
0: well yeah, as i think yeah yeah
1: the, we, and I know I've got the you know the luxury of being older and being able to sort of re-examine that. But I think if if you do really believe what you're doing, it makes such a massive difference. You know, you can make such yes. a difference at any age in in any sector. Yeah. Which is why I say you can do anything. Um, so yeah, sorry, that's my
0: ramble. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it, it's wonderful, and I think I think the two, the two standout you know points of that is. You know, natural and, and incidentally, you find natural online, uh N-A-T-U-R-A-W, I think is correct, isn't it, Chris? Uh dot co.uk or dot com is it?
1: Uh, .co.uk. UK. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's a fast delivery from order to delivery. What's the time period on that one, Chris? Uh
1: it's if you order online by uh lunchtime and it comes the next day. Yeah, so it's twenty four hours. So it, the food Amazing. is actually it's, it's frozen, obviously. So it is made and sent out. So it's wrapped in wool liners. So it it stays frozen for 24 hours. Uh, You need to, I mean, raw feeding, you need to have a a freezer uh, and the space, obviously, because it's not the same as just having dry food. Uh, You need to sort of portion it up um, and serve it uh, from, from the freezer once it's defrosted. So uh, there are logistical issues to it, um, which are wise. You know, it's not something you switch to and then go back to the next day to different foods. So, um, what we tend to see is that people are switching to subscription based. Models where they'll have a certain, it's based on how big your dog is as to how much food it eats. And also that's another issue in the UK, people tend to overfeed their dogs. So with, with yeah. raw food, you probably are going to give it less than you'd imagine it would need because it's very dense. Obviously it's packed, it's protein packed. There's no bulk or filler in there. There's a benefit at the other end as well when it, <laughs> uh, when it, uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. uh but yeah, the, so you basically would give it a portion of, of raw food, uh, from, from the fridge every day. Uh, but yeah, it comes out every day. And so people will get, you know, a, a, a box of like 16 tubs, which will last their dog depending on how big their dog is a certain period of time. And then it'd be a recurring, um, subscription.
0: Sounds wonderful, Chris. You know, you and I—I I think we could talk all day. And it's been—it's been, it's been uh, very interesting to hear just just part of you know snippets of your story. And I just think it's very, very um, admirable what you're doing. You know, talking about your own experience and and, and wanting to to gear shift people's uh, trains of thought and and also just to have a realization. You know, if, if I'm suffering, I need to do something about it. Um, how can people find you Chris uh, where's the best way where's the best place to read some of your 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 story uh, obviously we're here today and lots of people are going to listen to this and also natural itself you know what's the best way to uh to 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 get hold of some of this amazing food for our amazing four-legged friends um
1: well so to for dog food and i'm yeah i'm not here just to sell natural but you know if you are interested there's a lot of information on the website about raw feeding you know and whether it's right for you uh before you don't need to buy anything it's uh just natural.co.uk just just search for natural um there are a number of other companies as well selling raw dog food um for me personally, I am on LinkedIn. Uh, you can just search me there, or I have a Substack, uh, which is a relatively new thing for me, which I have found quite a good place for actually longer form writing, where it's away from social media channels and people shouting and, and away from uh, people selling. It's just a, a nice place for writing longer pieces. So all of my articles are on there, and my Substack is called You Can Do Anything. So you can just search for that on uh, on Substack and subscribe for free, and then you'd you'd get a weekly um, email from me with this week's story, which I would be very keen to feature this podcast on there as well. So uh, oh, thank uh, you. we cross promote it, but yeah, it's it's just good to put stuff out there. I think, uh, and th- I do write quite a lot about mental health on there. Yeah, and,
0: and as we've said, as we've said, listeners, you know. It, it, albeit chris was a senior executive in, 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 in a large organization corporate world <laughs> this is this, this 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 these shares that we're giving you these insights that we're giving you it's fine if you're not in that space it, you you'll still find that what chris writes about i think anyway um you'll relate to and and i really sincerely hope that by sharing our stories you know chris you share yours i'm slowly sharing mine more and more um that we can help people and just you know um give them a little bit of encouragement that it's not your fault it, 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 you know you, you, chris's testament look look at it look at chris now you know 5 years on living the dream passionate about what he does and and has a good work life balance as well which is really really important as he as he said he doesn't want to go back to that to that that previous all-consuming work, 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 because it wasn't healthy for him, as he found out. But yeah, just, 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 you know, listeners, just, just, we hope that by sharing these things with you, uh, we're helping in our own small little way. And if we do help you, and it does make a difference, remember that and share that with somebody else as well, so that we can all have a ripple effect that we all help each other. Chris, it's been amazing having you with me today. I, I, I really have. You know, learnt so much from you uh, from so many aspects, and I know that Duke's going to try natural so I'll give you some feedback on that. How he's getting on? I'm sure he's going to love it. Um, and then, and then um, I'll be a customer as well. And um, but you and I, um, uh, just amazing to, to have some time with you, Chris. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much, Ian. And um, good luck with. Uh, I think what is a great podcast. I really enjoyed telling my story.
0: Thank you, my pleasure. Take care, Chris. Uh, We'll see each other soon. Bye-bye for now. Bye. I think you'll agree that was quite a story. Join me again for next week's episode of Ian Beaton's So what's your story? If you enjoyed this episode, it meant something to you, or maybe you think a friend or a loved one might like to listen to it too, go ahead and share it with them. Remember, if you have a story you'd like to share, or perhaps you know someone who does, I invite you to join me on my podcast. I can be contacted by email, web, or social. Thank you. You've just listened to. so watch your story.